Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco and Kyle. Yes, sir. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. When I was seven, I want to say seven years old, northeastern Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. uh, second grade, I believe, uh, my parents had uh, procured the services of the local late night TV host magician oh, in wow. northeastern Pennsylvania. His name was Uncle Ted. Okay, he was so, on the so is this, is this the equivalent of like a Bozo the Clown or like a Svengoolie? Svengoolie. Okay, nice. Yes. All right. right. So, oh no. So Uncle Ted would be the late night host on the weekends of the Monster Theater, right? Okay. On WNEP sure. sixteen was the the AB, I think even back then it was still the ABC affiliate. He was a magician also, and you could you could rent him out to come to your birthday party in your backyard. Nice. It was amazing. It was totally incredible. It, it was just a really nice opportunity to have friends and stuff and do all this. I did not know this until later on, but when Uncle Ted and Uncle Ted, uh, God bless his soul, because everyone knows him, everyone knew him, grew up with him in that area. He was old at that point. I forget when he passed away at some point in the in the probably 90s. Um, he, when he was doing all this, had a sort of an intern assistant behind hmm. the scenes helping him. Okay. The intern was a, a young gentleman by the name of Bill O'Reilly. <gasps> <laughs> it's so cra- And that's all I'm going to say about Bill O'Reilly yeah. for, for reasons that yep. you can Google. That's However, right. I always just think that that's hilarious mm-hmm. <laughs> for so many reasons. <laughs> that's my connection to this minute. That's right. it. <laughs> so shout out to our friends in Pennsylvania and also to our friends in Chicago. For those of you who freaked out when you heard both Bozo and Spenguli in the same time, we're paying oh. homage to our roots here at Minute 77 of Iron Man 2 from 2010, director Mr. John Favreau. Uh, and we're picking up where we left off. Uh, Tony has been stirred to action by this the message from his dead father. Uh, And so where's he going to go? What's he going to do? Well, he's going to hop in his 2010 Audi R8 Spider 5.2 FSI Quattro pre-production type 42. License plate Stark 11. That's right. Uh, On his way and and set down the PCH, the Pacific Coast Highway, to go somewhere. But he's a man on a mission. Uh, But a mission requires fresh fruit. Uh, so he sees on the side of the road there's somebody selling strawberries. So he pulls off to the side, and the man uh, standing next to his 1979 Toyota truck, the RN30, uh, <laughs> nice. uh, he stops and has his car. And actually, so you think, all right, so this is a pretty simple part. Like the guy only has you know like five or six lines or whatever. It's just basically this this conversation and stuff. You just get some guy off the street, you know, starting to uh, pay his dues, whatever. Just it's a simple part. But oh no, not John Favreau. He went big. This is Alejandro Patino. He has 147 credits on IMDb. What? Yes, this is le- like legit Hispanic acting royalty. Uh, he has got his uh, start on Silk Stockings, Rob. What? Do you remember that from back yes! in the day? And also, he was in. For the Danny Elfman fans, he was also in the Forbidden Zone. Uh, some of the other highlights uh, I, I picked out where he was—he's uh, been on—he was in Bowfinger. Uh, he's been on The Shield, Arrested Development, Desperate Housewives, and just though I, you didn't think his career peaked in the '90s, he was just in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which was nominated for an Oscar. Was wait, 
Bowfinger. Is that was that an Eddie Murphy movie? It is. It's a. It's a. It, it is the Steve Martin Eddie Murphy movie. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, it's a. No. I love that movie. It is. It is a really good like a uh, Hollywood insider thing about uh, someone on like on the outside trying to break into the main thing in Hollywood. So, um, uh, so Tony pulls up uh, and actually says how much in Spanish. So like Tony Stark knows a little bit of Spanish, which is nice. And the guy says six dollars. Uh, and he and Tony realizes he doesn't have any cash, so he takes off his watch. And the guy says, well, actually, it's funny. He's credited as Strawberry Man, which is a fun credit to have. Uh, he says, uh, no, sir, that's too much. Tony says, no, it's fine. Take it. It's fine. So, Rob, do you know what the significance of this watch is? Oh, no. Wait. I should. You should. Okay. This is a deep cut. I, 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 so people on the internet recently like, had gone through it with, you know, now that we have 4K resolution stuff, you can really zoom in. This is the watch that Obadiah gave to Tony Stark in the first movie. What? Yes, like they actually zoomed in and figured out this is the exact watch that he gave to him. Like uh, I can't, remember, I, I'm trying to remember what the uh, the inscription was. Like the it's, like, uh, we, it's we have worth more a box uh, box of strawberries. Yeah, it's worth a box of strawberries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also gets that horrible memory out of his mind. Yeah, but like that's probably like a ten thousand dollar watch or so. Oh, that he just gives if the guy more, not more. I, mean- I can tell that watch is worth more than that truck. Yes. Oh, uh, well, wait. So then, I also like that he tries to hand it to him. The guy, the guy says, "No." Tony says, uh, "I don't like people handing me things." Yeah, <laughs> still keeping with that. As I give you a watch that's been yeah. around my sweaty wrist well, for the sure. entire day. Yeah, but even the fact that it was had been worn by Tony Stark probably makes it worth more. Well, and the and the, the very cute little exchange where he obviously recognizes yeah. him. The, I mean, the whole thing. This yeah. is a nice little scene that yeah. I think works great. Um. Wow. Okay, but the. The Obadiah watch. Yeah. What a nice, first of all, what a nice connection to the, to the first Iron Man. Right. And, and also two, like something for him, he's, he has no connection, oh, like no emotional attachment to like, oh, I'm happy to get rid of that. Well, amusing too, that he, well, one that he's kept the watch Sure. Two, as we've seen earlier in this movie and Robert Downey Jr. I don't think we've mentioned this is a, is a watch collector in real life. Like he's right. into watches as we've talked about earlier in this season. This is something that obviously he really loves, and to see him just pass one off, and to know that yeah, that's the connection. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Was it something they intended? I don't know. Was it just like part of the Tony Stark costume? I don't know. But you know, it's still a cool little uh, a little nod, even if it was accidental. Uh, and so then the he says the uh, the, the strawberry man uh, Alejandro says, "Are you Iron Man?" And, and Tony says, "Sometimes." <laughs> <laughs> and as he drives off, then the guy says, "We believe in you." Like <laughs> waves at waves at him as the as he drives away down the Pacific Highway and realizes that he doesn't have to work the rest of the day. Like you can take yeah, your strawberries and go, man. You, you made your day. Yeah. Uh, so we we cut to Pepper's office now. In Iron Man One, this was actually a real place. Like they actually like found a location, but now this is a set. So if you watch in the first time when when Pepper goes to see uh, Obadiah and he's sitting behind the desk, you can see stuff is moving in the background. Now, if you look in the background out the windows, nothing is moving because it's just a big picture. Um, so they recreated the entire set. So Pepper is on the phone with someone and she says, "It was an illegal seizure of trademark property." And then, so then the door opens, and we see a, credit as a PA, uh, comes in and says, Miss Potts. Now, this is, the actress's name is Margie Stein. Uh, she has six credits in IMDb, and you're like, oh, six credits, that's too bad. No, 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 don't weep you not for Margie, because she has transitioned from film acting. She is now a prominent voiceover artist. 
So if you go on Audible and look her up, she has a lot of really high-profile audiobooks that she has narrated. And as someone who has narrated an audiobook, that is not an easy gig. So shout-out to her for making a career doing that, because I did one and it was enough for me. Uh, so this is actually, she's playing an actual comic book character. She's playing Bambi Arbogast. She was uh, Tony Stark's secretary in the comics, and she was sort of around uh, for decades. Like, she was just, like, always part of the, whenever they were at Stark International, she was there. Uh, this, I mean, here it's just like a sort of been and gone. Um, she first appeared in Iron Man number 118 in January of 179. Rob... Do you know the significance of Iron Man number 118 from January 1979? Because we have talked about it before. Oh, you put me on the spot. I do, because I wouldn't have known this either, but I have the information and you don't, so I like to put you on the spot. Actually, I like I like looking foolish. That's <laughs> What is it? Uh, that was the same issue that introduced us to Mr. James Rhodes, also known as Rhodey. Oh! They both made their debut in the same issue. How? Okay. Hold on a second. When something like this happens in a movie, mm-hmm. well, how does this come about? Is there somebody who literally knows all that? Or wh- how do you come up with that? I think so. When you're when you're in the script writing process, I think they'd be like, "Oh, we have to have this person come through and do that," or you have it on the set. They're like, "Oh no, you should have her be," you know, like if you've done your research. I mean, like oh, obviously, wow. if they if they had read Iron Man one eighteen, they introduced Brody because why wouldn't they? Because right. Brody becomes War Machine in this one. So why why they would go? Hey, actually, there he had another secretary. Why don't we have her in here too? Oh, that's so, great. Uh, she was created by uh, Mr. John Byrne and Mr. David Michelini. I don't know if I pronounced his name correctly because he's awesome, and I apologize if I didn't, but uh, he's another comic book royalty. Uh, so she's like, like you know, obviously, who's, who can stop Tony Stark? So she's like trying to sort of like, uh, is it okay if he comes in? And, and Tony's just sort of, you know, pushing past. Right. Uh, says, relax. <laughs> says, uh, Mr. Stark uh, is here. And he says, he refuses. He's like, I don't. It's fine. I'll just be a second. And so Pepper is still on the phone. Now, that's interesting because, like, this is sort of just, like, you know, incidental sort of just chitty-chatty stuff or whatever. But the more I listen to what she was talking about, the more interesting it is. Now, at the same time, there also is a newscaster talking about Pepper at the same time. And uh, we don't need to talk about that, but it's some guy. Nice. Uh, so, so only thing I really, basically just like like him uh, uh, insulting Pepper uh, for being like like oh this she doesn't know how to run a big company and blah 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 right. whatever. Uh, so basically, more criticism, more of the sky falling around Stark Industries. Can I can I just say this? It is referencing the host that we talked about in the cold open. Yes. On a now defunct TV show on yes. a. Still existing. Oh, uh, like, news hopefully, network. soon to be. No, no. Let's, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say this. You know, I, I will say this: is that we, you know, this is not something I would suggest filmmakers do. Yes, I agree. Which is take talking head, the people who are maybe in the real media, and using them like this. Yeah. I really prefer when it's HSN or you know, like some of the yeah. established, you know, news agencies that exist in the um, MCU. Agreed. Because here's the problem. This has not aged well. No. At all. Yeah. And again, for all the reasons that you can find out on your own, it, it's just unfortunate to do it like this. Because all they're trying to do is they're trying to have somebody who's a smarmy, crit- highly hypercritical news commentator mm-hmm. throwing this additional garbage on Pepper. You could have done that in a variety yeah. of different ways. Right. I and mean, we, we saw in... Um 
Incredible Hulk. They got an actual newscaster and they right. cast her as a newscaster. Well, you could do the same thing here. It doesn't have to be an actual real person. Like an I know they're trying person. to tie it to the real world. That's fine, but yeah, some of this stuff does not age very well at all. And especially this one, especially is especially egregious. You know, right now you could have Wolf Blitzer doing a report and it's fine, but in ten years, who knows? Oh, Wolf. Okay, who knows? That's <laughs> <laughs> um, Again, you you get the point. I just yeah. So please. Pepper is saying to the whoever is on the phone, listen, it's our position that Stark has and continues to maintain propriety ownership of the Mark II platform. Oh, oh. the Mark II platform. <gasps> oh, she's talking about Rhodey. Yeah, because Rhodey stole the Mark II. So she, whoever she's talking to. She's talking about like uh, that's that belongs to us. Like it was still. And she says no. The suit belongs to us. And then yeah, but you're not Bert. And then she says yes, it does. Like so, whoever this is, like she's talking to, uh, like she's basically saying that they have a legal right to get their property back from the United States government, which is going to be a very interesting lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, did you find? Okay, so this is interesting. Clearly, the relationship between Pepper and Rhodey, which was very nice and cordial mm-hmm. at the night of the party, has changed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, because after he, after he basically, what she is saying, stole something from yes. them. Yes. No, no, there's a big implication here on the relationship, which is interesting. I mean, well, because it changes later on, but... we'll talk about that obviously we get to the movie this is just interesting this implies i think they're implying more than they realized that oh yeah there's a fracture in in the friendship that exists yeah in all of them actually at this point i mean like she is she is um, she is not a fan of tony's at the moment she's not a fan of roadies at the moment and like and you know uh, tony seems to think like everything is fine and everything's great between the two of them but uh he's about to learn that lesson but that won't happen uh, until the next minute so as she's still continuing her phone call and we're hearing the the news reporter jabbering on uh that is where the minute actually comes to an end well look i mean it's gonna be fine he's gonna give her strawberries everything's gonna be great (laughs) i can't see how that i mean you're bringing fresh fruit i mean like how could that ever be uh interpreted badly boy poor tony poor everybody poor You know, Kyle, if you're, uh, let's say you're uh, driving along on your daily routine and you stop for some fruit or a beverage or something, sure. you want to share all the great stuff that, uh, you know, you found on that journey, maybe you should just stop off on Facebook and just tell all your friends about the great strawberries or some other type of condiment that you bought. But Facebook is so broad. I mean, like, it's like it, it, your stuff, your stuff gets buried in the, in the mishmash of all of the stuff of every people's oh, grandkids true. pictures. Stuff like we need a place yeah. where people can go to get directly. So to really hone in so that they can have a, a targeted audience uh, for that kind of content. Oh, can you do that there on a Facebook? Place. Can you do that I think on if, Facebook? I think you can do that on Facebook. Like maybe in like, Facebook, maybe oh, in, in a particular part of Facebook. Sure. Like maybe a group in Facebook. Oh yeah. Wait, one that would you nobody can just join. People have to ask for entrance into it yeah. so that we can leave out the riffraff. And wait a moment, it. Rob, we've got one of those groups. Oh, what? Oh, wait. Yes, it's we called do. the Marvel Movie Minute and Next Real Film Podcast Executive Lounge. Oh, the Executive Lounge. Yeah, that's right. Come in, lounge. Show us your favorite fruit. Eat Why a not? strawberry. Chocolate strawberry. cover it. I don't care. slowly. And put it on video. Or do the, what's the thing where they cover it with the sugar? You know, the, all the ASMR people do it. 
I forget. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I was going to say that when I think about eating a strawberry, I think about Kaylee in the first episode of Firefly. So. <laughs> <laughs> but Just you can do your own uh, you can do your your own Tony Stark impressions on our Facebook group facebook.com slash group slash the next reel and you can uh, ask for membership the only reason we do that we're trying to keep out the bots and the weirdos the rest of you are welcome yeah make sure to join us for minute 78 when Pepper Potts actually gets off the phone uh, and we find out how special strawberries are to her you don't want to miss it Enough said. Bye.